This morning, if you turn your, your Bibles to the 23rd chapter of the Gospels recorded by uh, John, Luke, excuse me, the 23rd chapter is recorded by Luke, Luke chapter 23. We'll begin reading in verse 39 as we look at the second saying of the Lord Jesus Christ from the cross. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you're under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, Lord, catch that, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, or surely, surely, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Again, today we approach Calvary, the most sacred place in the most sacred moment in the history of the world. Calvary, the Son of God, died there so that the sons of men may live. Calvary, where the sins of the whole world were laid upon him, the one who was without sin. Calvary, where you and I can come and receive life and joy and hope. There were two others crucified with Jesus on that day. Two male factors, the scripture calls them, two thieves. One nailed to a cross on either side of the Lord Jesus, both Thieves, both guilty, worthy of their punishment. Both were given the same opportunity. One was not given an opportunity that the other one was left out of, but both were given the same opportunity that day for salvation. More than likely, they had witnessed his scourging through the night He's being whipped with a cat's tail of nine lashes to the, almost to the point of death. A robe being draped around him and how he was mocked as his beard had been plucked out and a crown of thorns was placed on his head and a, a stick was given to him in his hand to hold his scepter. And they paraded him around and laughed at him and mocked at him and said, Behold, the king of the Jews. Both of them had witnessed his walk through Jerusalem via Dolorosa to the place of the skull, Calvary. Both heard his prayer for the forgiveness of those who had crucified him, but they had opposite responses to what they had seen and what they heard. The first thing I want us to see today is the thief's pardon. 
the one who confesses Jesus as Lord, I want you to understand his pardon. Most see this as an example of deathbed repentance. And though I acknowledge that, and I would not hesitate for a moment to use this passage in talking to someone at their deathbed who had never been saved and tell them that even at that moment, Jesus is willing to forgive them and to give them everlasting life, to give them salvation that he purchased for everyone who would believe when he died on the cross of Calvary. Even though it is, can be used to explain that just before death is not too late to be saved, I don't think it should ever be used by anyone as a reason to put off, to prolong the work of the Holy Spirit in convicting one that Jesus is indeed the Christ, the Son of God, the truth of the Scripture that he indeed died for the sins of the world on the cross, to hear the Scripture shared and the truth of who Jesus is and what he's done. I don't think for one minute that it even indicates that it's a smart or a good or acceptable thing to do to put off the response of the invitation of the Holy Spirit of God to trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior for you can have an opportunity maybe right before you die. God doesn't work that way. When the Holy Spirit of God deals with a person, that's the time for them to respond and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When the conviction comes, that is the moment of salvation that is offered to an individual. And God warns that his spirit will not always strive with man, but when he draws him, and Jesus said himself, except the spirit draw you, cannot be saved. And so when the Holy Spirit is dealing with a heart, with a mind, with an individual, that's God's call to repentance. And this man, I'll remind you, this was his earliest time to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. He had, there's no mention of him anywhere in the scripture. There's no indication whatsoever that he ever heard Jesus teaching on the side of a hill or in the synagogue or the temple. He never experienced that. There's no indication that he had ever been shared the gospel. But what he saw that day, what he heard that day, he even told the other thief, we die deserving what we're getting. But this man is innocent. This man has done nothing wrong. And then he turned to Jesus and said, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. The message of God's word is that you may find eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ today as now is the accepted time. The songwriter understood this when he said these things and wrote this hymn. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there may I Though vile is he, wash all my sins away. He heard the truth in Jesus when he prayed, Father, forgive them. He saw the sinlessness 
of Jesus in his conforming to what was being asked of him and him being nailed to the cross, praying for those who had crucified him. And he responded by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. The lateness of his repentance is not the only message that the Steve's salvation brings. His repentance actually came, as I said, at the earliest time for him, and he responded to the truth of who Jesus is and believed on him at that moment and was gloriously saved just before death on the cross. I want you to notice the thief's, not only his pardon, but his penitence. He acknowledged that he was a sinner. He acknowledged that he was, he saw himself as he really was. He didn't put on any fronts. He didn't make believe that he hadn't been all that bad. He acknowledged how rotten he was and how much he deserved to die for the deeds of his life. You see, no person can ever come to faith in Christ until that individual first realizes and sees himself or herself as that person really is, lost, deserving hell, deserving punishment. Some of you younger adults remember your former youth pastor, Jim Peters, crazy as he can be, my dear, dear friend, Jim used to say when the youth would say to him, well, that's not fair. He'd say, you want what's fair? Fair is hell. For all deserve hell, but God offers something that really isn't fair. It's better than that. It's life and it's forgiveness. His penitence, penitence, he realized that he was helpless and unable to do anything about his situation. He was in a predicament, if you'll look at that, doomed to die. He couldn't do anything to live a good life. His life was over. He was dying on the cross. He couldn't do any good works. His hands are nailed to a cross. He couldn't even be baptized. He couldn't even join a church. He couldn't even go out on Monday night visitation. And he certainly couldn't go to Wednesday night prayer meeting. Why? He's at the point of death. And he didn't waste any time. He didn't have any to waste. But he turned to Jesus and confessed that he was a sinner and he deserved to die. He couldn't do any works. You see, for anyone to be saved, they must recognize they are helpless. They can't do anything to save themselves. They are hopeless. They don't have any hope in themselves and in the things of this world and in their works. They are in that condition, and they must recognize that. You see, you must realize that only God can change the destiny of a sinner. Mamas and daddies need to understand that. You can't change the destiny of your child except you tell them about Jesus and they turn to Jesus 
And he changes their destiny and gives them a home in heaven and relationship with him. He saw the perfection and the deity of Jesus. Listen to what he says. This man has done nothing wrong. He asked about his kingdom. He understood who he was. He was going into a kingdom. Jesus hadn't said anything about a kingdom. Jesus hadn't introduced him to the kingdom of God. But it was the perfection, the person, the presence of Jesus speaking to him and him hearing him and seeing him that he knew who he was listening to and who he was hanging beside. This man has done nothing wrong. Others had recognized his sinlessness. Judas said, I have betrayed the innocent blood. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Pilate's wife said, have nothing to do with the death of this innocent one. Others had made fun of his kingship. As we talked about it a minute ago, they put a purple robe on him. They, they made fun of him. He didn't look too much like a king, did he? He didn't look too much like a reigning patriarch. Instead of sitting on a throne, he's hanging on a cross. Nonetheless, listen to me, nonetheless, the thief saw who he was, understanding who he was, and he believed and called him Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, his penitence, he, he understood where he was, and he called on Jesus. You see, you can do that today. You can proclaim the deity of Christ, the sinlessness of the Son of God, recognizing that he is your sacrifice on the cross. But to be saved, one must believe on him by calling on him as Lord that can save them. The thief's pardon, the thief's penitence, the thief as a picture of salvation by grace. This man could not claim any righteousness of himself he was guilty he was guilty a sinner he could not plead his own goodness instead he acknowledged his own badness I remember old Vance Havner who's with Jesus today he would say it's not the bad that men do that send them to hell it's the good that ain't good enough. Thinking they're good enough to inherit the kingdom of God, they miss the opportunity to repent of their sin and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not that of yourself. It is a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. 
Salvation is not by works. He died without that opportunity, you see, the thief I'm talking about. Not saved by religious ceremony. He didn't have baptism. Baptism never washed away anybody's sins to begin with. It's an act of obedience in following the Lordship of Christ. He never had the opportunity to partake of Holy Communion. He died that hour. He didn't even have the opportunity to join a local church. He died that day. Even though these are the demands that Jesus makes of us as believers when we do trust in him. But what he requires first and foremost is that we would trust in him as Lord and Savior. It refutes the idea that everyone will be saved. There are some folks that just don't believe God's going to send anybody to hell, and they're banking on that. God doesn't send anybody to hell. The refusal to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior makes a person send themselves to hell by not coming to faith in Christ. As we look at this passage today, there were two thieves, but there were two different responses. Each experienced seeing and hearing Jesus. They were equally near Jesus, one on either side of him hanging on the cross. They were close to him in equal proximity. Both wicked, both suffering and dying, both needed God's great salvation. One rejected him, even jeered him, and said, hey, buddy, if you are the son of God, why don't you get yourself down on the cross? And while you're at it, why don't you get me down too? Both needed God's great salvation. The other one believed on him, repented, and was gloriously saved. And when he died, he was with Jesus as promised. You see, salvation is totally and independently of God's grace. We sing the old hymn, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Then I want you to see the thief's provisions. Jesus said, today, you will be with me in paradise. He said, not only will I remember you, I'll take you with me. Remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, you got it. Today, today, you will be with me in paradise. You'll not have to wait at all. I'll take you with me. Can you imagine that? Nobody else got to experience that ever. But that day, escorted by Jesus himself into paradise to be with Jesus. He gives them such an assurance. Assurance that you're going to live after death. Death isn't a big deal. Today, you're going to be with me. You're going to live. Today, you're going to live. 
You'll live with me after death. You'll live with me forever in the place that I have for you. God gave assurance as an, of immediate, of immediate pardon and provision today. You know God says that through Scripture to every person who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, you've been born again. Today, you've been forgiven. Today, you have eternal life. Today, you have a home in heaven. Today, you know you're going to be with me forever. While you're living here, and when you leave here, you're going to be with me forever. What a provision. What a promise. What a hope we have in Christ Jesus. Jesus met a man's need on the cross that was a sorry, good-for-nothing thief. Never deserved to go to heaven. But through Jesus, he is in heaven today. Where will you spend eternity? Where will you go when life is over? Where will you be a thousand years from now? You can be in heaven with Jesus. Someone might would say, well, preacher, I plan on doing that one day. But you know, you may find yourself at the point of death without the opportunity to trust in Jesus. Your life may end just like that. I cannot tell you through the years of ministry how many funerals that I've done where the person's life ended unexpectedly in a split second? Through an accident? Through a massive heart attack? Through drowning? Through all kinds of things, a person's life ended when they had no idea they were about to die. Where will you be after that? The old song says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Do you know he paid it all for you? Just like he paid for the pardon and heaven for that thief, he paid it for you and for me. You know, it's one thing to hear that truth. It's one thing to say, you know, I don't doubt what that preacher says. It's another thing to believe by faith personally on the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done that? You can know him today. You can trust him today. Right where you are. You can pray 
this prayer. Would you bow with me? You can pray, Father, thank you for sending Jesus, your Son. Thank you for him dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I admit to you, I'm a sinner. Right now, I ask you to forgive me. Come into my life and to be my Savior. As you forgive me, Lord, thank you that you never hold my sins to my charge, that you wash them away. Thank you for the promise that whoever calls on your name will be saved and live forever. Thank you, Jesus for hearing my prayer and coming into my life right now. In Jesus' name I pray.